0: Today's episode is a best of episode about the use of social media in academic medicine appearing in order on today's episode. It's Dr. Sapna Kujakar, it's Dr. Mahadavapa Mahesh, and it's Dr. Peggy Semmingson, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Super informative on the use of social media in academic medicine. Starting next week, we'll be bringing you brand new episodes of the Faculty Factory Podcast. Have a healthy and happy new year.
1: So I learned very quickly that you know, while social media, professional social media, especially can be overwhelming for people because they feel like they're getting so much information. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. I realized very quickly that it was a spectacular way for me to actually curate the information that I needed to get it to me efficiently. So for example, you know, I do research in a multitude of different areas. It is virtually impossible for me to try to keep up with all of the research going on in pediatric critical care, pediatric anesthesia, in rehabilitation research, delirium, sedation, sleep, all of these things that I'm very passionate about and I want to keep on top of, right? Sure. So right. how do you keep on top of it? I, I don't subscribe to every single journal in the world. You know, I, I, don't, mean, have... I don't have time to, to read all exactly. the articles. Now I don't I have a, you know I don't have um someone looking up these articles for me on a daily basis. So I found that social media became an outstanding way to do that. And eventually I realized that when within my own Peds Critical Care community, we didn't have kind of a community like that. We had the, the emergency medicine folks were the first to really put up community and platform in place where they would use hashtags. Hashtag FOMED, F-O-A-M-E-D is a very uh, popular hashtag. You want to check it out. And hashtags are really just the keywords of social media. So essentially just like you'd go into Medline, PubMed and put in a keyword, you go on Twitter, put in the same keywords. But if you want to get your messaging out there to a larger community using these curated hashtags are um, a nice way to do that. So I realized within my PEEDS ICU community, we didn't have that. So I created a hashtag, hashtag ICU, And that was really when everything took off. That's when my colleagues in the PEEDS ICU community began to realize, wow, this is something that we can use to come together as a community and talk about what's happening in our, um, in our world. It's an opportunity for us to get on a platform and talk about what's best for children's health.
2: And if I liked a tweet, it will remain in my account forever, which mm-hmm. means I could now use Twitter as a virtual hard disk for any links I'd like to see in future. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm going to the Twitter feed, I saw an interesting article, or a scientific article, and if I liked the tweet, And that will remain in my account. And later day I can go back and open a like folder and connect to the link. And that link is still active. Hmm. So especially for scientists and the physicians in our Hopkins system, junior faculty, they can certainly use this in addition to their own reference manager. They can use this as a active virtual hard disk.
0: You know, this is sort of unscientific, but I have, you know, I've had my YouTube channel for 10 years and I have this huge outlier video that has like 500,000 views and it's kind of the driver of my YouTube channel. And it's on the hardest topic in the field of learning. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like this, I was just standing up in front of the room and I, I randomly put a a little flip camera. Remember those on the desk and recorded myself. And it ended up being like my biggest hit. (laughs) because nobody understands it. It's true. And like, I don't know that I did a, an earth shattering explanation, but it's short, it's 10 minutes and it covers the the three big topics, phonological awareness, phonemic awareness, and phonics. And, and those are the biggies for learning to read. And most people just think of everybody knows phonics, but, but like, what are the other two? They're the underlying building blocks. But anyway, it's a hard topic. It's really hard. And it's the m- most, um, visited for a reason it's the hardest topic so that's kind of been my aha of having that YouTube channel
3: is people drift toward and search for the hardest topics people drift for (laughs) and search for the hardest topics you are Mm -hmm. so right Peggy that Mm -hmm. is I love ideas that are (laughs) so awesome and Mm -hmm. so simple though it's so like why haven't we thought about
1: this some and I'm sure people are screaming right now. of course we thought about it Kim we do it all the time (laughs) So start by following those thought leaders, start by following organizations and journals, because those are the three that, you know, it's it's hard to, to get dangerous with those because you trust them to begin with, right? Um, and then see what, what comes out of it and then see what, how people respond to the things that these thought leaders, organizations, and journals are putting out there. And then you will start to see organically how you can potentially start not just observing, but contributing. I love and that's, and, and, and it'll happen organically. Uh, there are many, many people out there, probably more than not what I call lurkers. And being a lurker is not a bad thing. So I have many people come to me at conferences and say, I follow you on Twitter. I've never tweeted anything, but thank you for all the content you put out there. And so you don't know what's making a difference, but there are people out there listening, even if they are not engaging back with you. And I think from people who are those observers who have taken that plunge They appreciate being in the know. They appreciate waking up in the morning and knowing that JAMA had a big article that came out that's controversial or, you know, knowing that there's this huge surge over here. It's kind of getting it all at once, not Mm -hmm. having to sit in front of a television or in front of your computer screen for hours upon hours trying to put it all together.
3: Sapna, this is just so amazing.
2: Because in these days, we all get a lot of emails. I get, as you know, you get a lot of emails in your box. (laughs) And if I want to reach you, for example, you're also I know if you're active on the Twitter, or if or one of my colleagues is very active on the Twitter like me, so instead of me emailing him, I, I send him what is called a direct message. That is becoming more practical for me these days to reach out to a friend who I can get an answer in an hour or two. Because that is an option on the Twitter you call DM, or direct message, you send a direct message, and that will show up on his account. If he or she is active, they will know immediately And they'll respond back.
1: Whether we appreciate it or not, or have the insight to um, say this, we all live in bubbles, right? So I had to acknowledge I was in a Johns Hopkins Medicine institutional bubble. I'm in an academia bubble. I'm in my PEDS critical care bubble, my PEDS anesthesia bubble. And so it's really hard to get any information into those bubbles if you're not actively trying, actively working on it. At the same time, all of us within these bubbles, we, we're not interacting with the people in the other bubbles that could have a potential contribution to what we're doing, including all of those colleagues and community um, PICUs out there taking care of kids just like I am. But we're not, we don't have an interface necessarily. What this has done is created an immediate interface for all of us.